Hi, this is Daniela Wolf with Bestie Life, the podcast, and this is your community to support you through the little and not so little events that make up your day-to-day life. From the I've got this moments to the Ugh, I just can't moments, we are here to empower all women to find and develop the skills they need to find peace, balance, and the bliss in their busy through solo episodes, as well as interviews with amazing women who share their journey and their story and how it works for you. I hope you find the inspirations to make you laugh, think, as well as maybe rethink what you thought you knew and connect as we realize that we are all living similar ups and downs and don't have to do it alone. So excited for you to hear this episode and thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, this is Daniela with Bestie Life, the podcast, and today I'm with Shireen Straussberg. I'm so excited for you guys to get to know her a little bit. She is an award-winning designer who combines her experience in film, music, and sound engineering, along with graphic design and illustration to create amazing animated videos for her clients through her company, 87th Street Creative. And she's going to tell you all about that, as well as just everything from being a mom to the journey she's been on through her careers. And so I'm so excited for you to be with us today, Shireen. Thank you so much for having me. So can you share a little bit more? I know that was super, super brief of all the amazing things you've done from a professional and personal standpoint. Sure. So um, I guess I'll start with the, the professional. Um, I've had a circuitous route to my in my career. I really started as a film composer in Hollywood. I worked for about 10 years writing music for films, as well as supporting myself as a sound engineer. I worked actually at National Public Radio as a broadcast engineer. And um, that was all good and great, except I didn't really have a lot of work-life balance. And so I ended up going back to school and I studied graphic design at UCLA. And then I moved to New York and I started my career doing graphic design, taking some entry-level jobs. And I was doing that for a couple of years, but realizing that still didn't, I did have the work-life balance, but I then didn't have enough flexibility. And at that point, I then had two kids and I realized I, I needed more flexibility. You know, you, I did have a nine to five job. And so that's great. But then, okay, I, parenting isn't just five to nine. It's not like uh, you can just be parenting, you know, parenting is 24 seven. And so I really needed flexibility. And so seven years ago, I started my own company, 87th Street Creative. And over the seven years, it was all graphic design and now is all motion design. Okay. And what does that mean? Motion design for those of us not in the know? <laughs> sure. No problem. Um, it's been basically animated graphics. So think of it as basically like graphic design that moves. So think text, think shapes, and sometimes it can get a little bit more, you know, illustrative. And, you know, I'm not going to say it's all the way to like a, a Pixar Disney film, but it can go toward that. It can have characters Um, I mean, think of it almost as like, let's say the CEO of a company wants to create a video of them, you know, selling their product or promoting their services. You could create like a little character of the the CEO or, you know, somebody who works in the company explaining what they offer. And so it's it's a way of promoting businesses through through marketing um, using animated graphics. That sounds so creative and so fun. I, I love that. Such a different concept than anything I've ever worked with. So that is really exciting. And if you guys have any interest in that, definitely the link to her website will be on the bottom. So check that out. But can you share a little bit more on the journey? Because I know you took definitely, you know, some different twists and turns and pivots when it came to 
finding that right career, you know, through some self-awareness, some mindset, different, different things, what kind of led to some of the pivots you made along the way? Um, yeah, well, I think one of the guiding lights was, was the flexibility, um, Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Uh, in terms of the, you know, wanting to be able to set my own hours as well as choose my own clients, that was also a factor. Um, I think I've had a couple different jobs where I either was working with people I didn't necessarily get along with as well, or maybe some, you know, uh, challenges with bosses. And so I think part of it was just I wanted to be able to do something where, you know, I was in control, where mm-hmm. I could say yes, I'll take this project, or no, I won't take this project. Um, and I could, and, and also really setting the hours, but at the same time, I also really wanted to be continuously learning and growing. Um, I, I love jobs where, you know, there's always sort of like upward mobility to learn new skills and take on new roles. And with what I was working in and doing as a sound engineer, and then also as a graphic designer, there wasn't, there wasn't the next sort of thing. I, I didn't feel like there was new opportunities and, I always, I love the saying, um, never let school interfere with your education. And I always really felt that (laughs) like if I could keep learning and keep growing. And so as a a sole business owner, I know that nothing's going to happen unless I make it happen. And so I feel like I constantly need to be growing and taking classes and taking, you know, on new skills. And sometimes it's like the um, the non, um, or it's like the creative side of it. I need to learn new skills and new software, but then it's also the business side of it. I need to learn about marketing. I need to learn about, you know, entrepreneur aspects of it. And so it's just constantly keeping, uh, reinventing myself and growing and making sure that I'm never saying stagnant or complacent. Right. And I think that is such a big part of being a a business owner, a solopreneur, you know, you are kind of all the roles you wrapped into one jack of all when trying to figure out how those pieces work, how they work for you and learning is it is it's, it can be stressful, but such an empowering process too. I think we don't appreciate learning so much when we're young and in school 12 hours a day or whatever. But I think as we get older to see the benefits of that, and how it helps us grow as people is a great, you know, perspective to have. And that self-awareness has definitely led you in so many different directions. Yeah, absolutely. I am, am very thankful that I, I, I have a good amount of self-awareness to realize that I do need to keep growing and keep moving on and, and finding new opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I saw a quote that you wrote that said, being a mom is the best preparation for your career, though it's not listed on your resume. So, <laughs> and, and I think we you know, as working moms and women, there are so many impacts that that can have on us. And, and what has that been for you? Um, wow. <laughs> Being a mom has been, it's so challenging. I think it's helped me grow in terms of like empathy and patience in that, you know, when a four-year-old puts their foot down and says, I refuse to go to bed. You, you have to, you have to change the story. You have to change the script. You have to say, okay, well, how, how am I going to, you know, re- sort of redirect this and, you know, refocus and figure out how to, you know, make the kid go to sleep, but (laughs) not lose my temper and, you know, stay focused. And I think all those skills, I mean, I feel like I, you could have just replaced four-year-old with, you know, difficult client um, because it's, it's the same thing. I think when a a client is, you know, frustrated or annoyed, or, or maybe just, um, and sometimes they're coming to me frustrated and annoyed from having worked with someone else. And they're like, you know, I want to do it better. I want to do it right. I don't know how, I don't know what I did, you know, what I did wrong or they did wrong. 
And I say, you know, let's figure this out. Let's figure out what worked or what didn't work or how we can make it better or do it better. And so to me, that's like, that's mothering 101 in terms of like, you know, how, how to make a, a, a relationship work. So, and I mean, I, I can give like a dozen other examples. I mean, there's so many things. Um, motherhood is, is, is really something and it really should be on our resume. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, you're speaking to a lot of some of the things that I talk about sometimes where we take for granted some of the things that are either happening in our day or in our lives and not intentionally being able to shift our thoughts and our mindset about it, to see it from that positive, to see how it can help us grow and help us become versus an obstacle in our way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things also I try to do is if, if I'm struggling, first of all, I have three kids, they're ages mm -hmm. four, seven, and 10. So I'm dealing, you know, one's a boy and the other two are girls. And so I'm dealing with, you know, different perspectives. And I think that one thing we have to do um, as you know, a content provider and, and you know, working with uh, or being a contractor, we have to put on you know a hat and a perspective. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that's something I do with my kids. Like, oh, okay, when my seven-year-old doesn't like the way I'm doing something, it's like, okay, well, what is you know, how does she feel? Let me put on the her, you know, put on her shoes and see what it's like from her perspective. And I think we have to sometimes do that with our clients. Like why, why are they getting frustrated or stuck or, um, and, and really put ourselves in their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, it, it is just so transferable and it is just such a great perspective to be able to take with you into other situations, whether it's even, you know, the frustrated cashier at the grocery store or even on ourselves sometimes to be like, okay, what am I feeling? Cause I don't think we always take the time to look at that and honor that as well. So it sounds like you definitely find a way to transfer all of that. Yes. Yes. Obviously we, we have to keep our own sanity. I mean, what, you know, I, I always love that analogy that with the, when you're on the uh, airplane and, and the oxygen mask comes down, they tell you to do your oxygen mask first. Yes. Um, and that's a great analogy for life. And that, you know, we do have to take care of ourselves and figure out, you know, what's working for us. And then we're going to be at our best for the people around us, whether that's mm -hmm. personally and for our kids and our family, but also professionally, how are we going to be at our best with our clients? Absolutely. And so what do you do for you personally, even Shereen, you know, like you are working, you're running a business, you've got three little kids. How do you take that time for you find the bliss in your busy and, and put on your own oxygen mask? Um, a couple of things. Um, I do love to go running and walking. Um, so uh, typically three days a week, I go for a run outside as long as it's like over 35 <laughs> degrees. And that's also not even just my, you know, exercise in my alone time, but it's also my time to listen to my favorite podcasts. Um, like this one would be yes. a great one to do. Um, everyone added to your list. So, but I also, if I'm not out for a run, um, I love, I love reading. Um, mm -hmm. I have my New York times magazine that I read every single week. Um, I always try to have a few books on my nightstand that I read before bed. And so for me, reading is a, it's, it's like, it's a way to not get so stuck in like 
pulled into my work and my business and get so involved with like, oh, the emails and whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's an escape, you know, you're, you're pulling Mm -hmm. away, but it's funny because the books I like, they're not fiction, they're nonfiction. So to me, it's like, okay, they're, they're still true. And they're, they're, they're about real things that are happening, but it still pulls me away and kind of gives me some perspective. I'm like, I'm just one small person in this entire great big world of human stories. What would you say are your top, you know, two or three favorite books that you've read in the last couple of months? I'm always looking for great recommendations (laughs) to share. I know I'm putting you on the spot on that one. Yeah. um, (laughs) Or what are you reading right now even? Sure. So um, I'm reading How to Begin uh, right now, which is by, I'm going to get his name wrong. It's uh, MBS, Michael Bungay Stanier, I think his name is. Uh, He's an Australian who lives in Canada. He has a company called Box of Crayons. And he basically, it's this idea of like, how do you do your one worthy goal? And how do you make that goal? And the three things he says, it's got to be daunting, important, and thrilling. I'm going to look this up and put the link, I think, down below, because it does sound so intriguing. It's phenomenal. It's so good. I really enjoyed it. And then I also um, actually read a book called How to Break Up with Your Phone, uh, which I also really enjoyed. (laughs) And as someone who creates digital content, I realize it's a bit of a conflict of interest, but I believe it's about okay, well, how do we do more mindful time on our phone as opposed to mindless time on our phone? You know, making sure that we're not just sort of like scrolling and swiping and scrolling and swiping, but really listening to or um, engaging in content that is is really interesting and engaging and educational or entertaining, maybe edutainment even. Yeah. <laughs> and I think sometimes we forget that, you know, it is a, a relationship we have with our phone. And we, if we look at like any other relationship with our life, if we were as constant and obsessed with say another person as we are with our devices, they would run in a heartbeat. And to be able to have that same kind of boundary with our devices that we do with people, I think is, is what makes them healthy and what makes it a reciprocal, sustainable thing versus something you get sucked into and lose yourself. Right. Totally. It's all about boundaries, right? And the problem is our we seem to not have any boundaries with our phones. And I think we model that even then for our kids, they see us, what are they learning when it comes to what's important to us, where our focus and priorities are, and what they're then going to do, you know, like you think of when we were kids, and we played pretend we would be the people that we saw around us, whether it was a teacher, we played teacher, we played house, you know, and we were the mom making the meals or doing different things. And so now what are kids going to play pretend from what they see from us? You know, if you think of it that way, totally, it's so true. You've got to mimic the behavior that you want, or, you know, be the, be the behavior that you want your kids to mimic. And um, there are times where like, I really want to read an amazing article I, I see. And I realize like, if I can read it in the physical paper rather than on my phone, like I want to do that. So I want my kids to see like, Hey, I have a, you know, a newspaper open, or I have a magazine open. It's like, you can read things physically. It doesn't have to be on a phone. Right. Right. Cause I think it does rewire, reshape us in a way that we don't even truly realize the impact of. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what would you say kind of a little peek behind the curtain is something that people think you've got totally together, but you're kind of still a hot mess with? Oh God. Uh, feeding my kids is (laughs) a real nightmare. Um, yeah, no one told uh, us in college, we'd have to come up with something creative, delicious and healthy every day for like people for the next 25 years of our lives. (laughs) Yeah. And it it basically has to be like, you know, what they call the white food, right? It's gotta be the, the, the noodles or the rice or the bread. It's like, no, like sometimes kids just eat this like plain carb diet and it's terrible. So yeah, I was actually teaching my seven-year-old last night about the importance 
of uh, vegetables and protein. And, and she said to me, well, I ate a ton of vegetables tonight. Isn't that enough? And I was like, <laughs> no, you, you actually need protein too. And she didn't understand. And so it's like every day is a struggle. We, we finally have gotten a little bit of help. We have somebody cooking a few meals a week, which is yeah. been I love that you do that too. Cause so many women don't feel comfortable delegating or, you know, reaching out and getting that help that they so much need to be a better version of themselves. So I love that you committed to doing that. Yeah, it, it really has helped. And um, my, my kids love the woman who comes and it's been, um, it's been really helpful. And, you know, they've expanded their food choices a little bit and, you know, trying different things. I had her make some honey glazed carrots and they've always been eating uh, raw carrots, which is great. But then it was like, okay, you can actually cook carrots and see how they taste, especially when they're covered in honey. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that is a constant struggle. But of course, the irony of it is also that I was a terrible eater growing up and I am so aware of how terrible I was now. And you kind of always knew it, but now I'm like, oh my God, how did my mother do it? I mean, I basically didn't really eat like well, like a diverse diet, probably until I was about 22. Okay. So it's like, okay, wow. My kids have like, you know, another 10 years or so, 15 years to go. Oh my God. <laughs> but they'll be okay. Cause I think even the conversation, even if it doesn't stick right now, you know, it was there and it starts to plant the seed and it's something they can build on at some point. Yeah. And also your whole thing, again, that we were just talking about with, you know, mimicking the behavior, you know, creating the behavior that you want them to mimic. I mean, it's like, if I go to the fridge, cause I'm hungry and I want a snack between meals, do I grab a chocolate bar or do I <laughs> grab a bowl of cashews? And it's like, no, grab the bowl of cashews and like, well, my kids maybe will like eat nuts and like a really healthier snack. So Mm -hmm. it's every choice you make is something that your kids see. And from the things you're doing with your spare time to what you're eating. Absolutely. You were making me think of a funny story when my daughter was younger, I think we were on vacation. So we were, you know, going out to eat to dinner a little bit more. And one night we were out to dinner and I, you know, she wanted to order something. I said, honey, you just had red meat last night. You should probably pick something out different now. And she goes, well, I'll get it medium then. Like all of a sudden, oh. cause it wasn't going to be red anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that. I like, that's totally like, but it's funny. Like in her mind, she's like, okay, I won't get it medium rare. I'll get it medium. And now it's not red. I love that. That is so great for them. Like you were saying, you know, your daughter had vegetables one day, you know, like that's diversity for them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so when we talk about the things that make us smile, that make us laugh, that we're happy about, you know, when we speak of our families and our careers, I, it always comes back to me for gratitude. You know, the things we're grateful for. Those are the things that we're actually doing all this for. Like, what's the point? It's about the things that make us happy and bring us joy on a, on a regular basis and not just those big balloon moments. What would you say are some of the things that you're most grateful for in your day-to-day life? Um, well, well, first of all, family, for sure. Um, I have an incredibly supportive spouse. Every sort of step along my career, once I met him has really been influenced by, by his support and his help and his just, just, just unwavering support. And that's been really something. And when I say support, I mean, sometimes it's it's financial, sometimes it's uh, a matter of, you know, confidence. Sometimes it's a matter of, you know, being my editor, giving me feedback on my, my resume or on my website copy. There there are just so many, just such a myriad of ways that um, my husband has been so supportive and helpful. And so that's definitely like my number one gratitude for sure. But um, I mean, and I'm also so much more conscious and aware of sort of 
you know, the privilege that I have, in, and especially after going through this pandemic, and that, you know, for the most part, I knew I was going to have, you know, food on the table, a roof over my head, clothes on my back, all those things that I think before the pandemic, I, I think we were kind of a little bit taking those for granted. Mm-hmm. And I now I'm I'm much more conscious and much more appreciative of those things. So so that's another part of my my gratitude. Um and 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 also in terms of my, my scheduling my timing, like, and again, with the the pandemic, very early on in the pandemic, my, my business basically just died. There was no work at all. And, you know, no calls coming in, no emails coming in. And it was a bit devastating. Um, On the other hand, it kind of worked out because I was homeschooling three children, but it also, it it opened up a little bit of space for me to sort of think about, okay, what do I want to do? How do I want to grow? And I was able to use that time to do two big things. One was do a lot of network. And I see networking, I know it's such a dirty word, I think that better as maybe relationship building, <laughs> but that I was able to, um, to really do a lot of that relationship building through 2020. Mm-hmm. And I see it as like farming and that like, you've got to plant the seeds wow. and that so many of those seeds that I had to plant really came back in 2021. And I was really so grateful for being able to use that time to do that network and relationship building. And it really came to fruition. And then the second thing was with so much time and no projects coming in, I really wanted to keep my creativity going. And so I turned a uh, children's book into an animated film. I contacted the author and the illustrator. And I said, can I, I just, I mean, I'm not asking you for payment. I'm just asking you for the rights. You know, can I, can I do that? And they were like, yeah, sure. Okay, go ahead. Here's, you know, the, the, the text and, you know, the, Photoshop files and um and I took it and made it move and I added the voiceover. My kids actually do a lot of the voices and oh. my husband does as well. Um and um and I or music to it. And so it, you know, I was able to take this time and this space to create a passion project. And I feel so grateful for that. It's now doing a film festival run throughout Yay! the country this year. That's fantastic. Um, although actually I shouldn't say throughout the country, I also just got into a festival in Italy last week. Oh, congrats. Um, so uh yeah in cambria and southern italy i believe yes um so super excited about that awesome so is this something out that people can go watch and share with their kids and see or not yes so not yet so the way so most of the rules of the way film festivals work is you can't have it be uh viewed publicly yet because that's how you know they want to get people to come to the festival (laughs) and buy tickets and buy passes and so you can't see it online but there is a trailer on my website um you can either go to my my own website shereenstrasburg.com or you can go to 87th Street Creative, 87th Street spelled out in creative um, and see see the trailer there. What's what's the name of it? Cool for you. Ooh. It's about, it? um, sorry. No. <laughs> um, it is about educating very young children about climate change without being scary or alarmist. So instead of telling them all the terrible things that could happen or are happening, it's saying, hey, let's, you know, the cars are doing this. So maybe we could, uh, you know, drive cars less and walk or take bikes or eat less meat. I mean, turn off the lights, you know, things like that. Really positive, small changes that we can make in our daily routines. I love that. I think it's so not only relevant, but just relatable. And it does help us have those great conversations with our kids to, like you said, start planting those seeds and helping model for them those things and changes we want for them. Yeah, absolutely. I was really, when I discovered this book, I was like, oh my God, this, I want to make this into a movie. And now I want to do it with 
more. I want to find other children's books to turn into films. And, and, you know, I mean, it, to me, it's not replacing the book because I do love books and children's books, mm-hmm. of course, but it's, it's just about adding to that experience and, and really accompanying the book. Yes, absolutely. Cause I think it is such a great segue for people, whether it's sometimes they read the book and then they go see the movie or vice versa. And so there is kind of that synergy in the way that they work together to really get that message across, not just in one way. Yes, absolutely. And I do want to go back to, I love what you were saying too, um, as your gratitude when it came to, I, I don't see networking as a dirty word, but networking collaborations, I like to call them. Cause I think it's not only planting that seed of growth for that business connection, potentially or that relationship, but I have personally noticed too, I think I've grown so much from everybody that I've networked and collaborated with and worked through and to see that benefit too, you worded it in a way that I hadn't really thought about until you said it. But I, I love that, you know, that networking, it's not just from a, a money business standpoint, but there really is a lot of personal growth and development and things that come out of it as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I'm in a, a, a networking group called BNI, Business Networking International. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have my own chapter, which is in Manhattan, but then there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of other chapters as well. So um, globally, so there's really so many opportunities to meet people through this, this group which is cool. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shireen. I hope you guys go check out the trailer on her website. Like she said, it's 87th street creative or on her actual website as well. Um, Shireen Strausberg, but definitely check out her trailer work with Shireen. When, if you're a business owner to have a different kind of way to market yourself, I think is going to get more attention. It's going to help get you more clients. The benefits of it are beyond just the normal word colors type all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, when I was looking at some of her stuff, like your personality is able to come out in this kind of marketing. And so it is such a great venue to be able to share with others. So I love everything you do creatively, Shireen, because it is just, I think it's just a different way for people to see themselves and others. Well, Daniela, do you want to write my marketing? Like you're amazing. (laughs) You just wrote my commercial. Thank you. No problem. Loved it. No, because it, it, like I said, we learn from who we surround ourselves with and who we connect with. And, and that's definitely a great way to do it. So thank you again, Shireen, for, for joining us today. I'm so excited to continue to chat more in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Daniela. Thanks so much again for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know any questions or comments that you have. Also, if you can please leave an Apple five-star review so that this episode can be shared with more women. There's two quotes that I love, alone we may be strong, but together we are stronger, as well as when women support each other, incredible things happen. So let's be stronger and incredible together, as well as maybe just have some fun along the way. Thanks so much and talk to you soon. Bye.